Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Put That Sound Up podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shovinov, always welcomed by the one and only Angel Ortega. Bit of a light week in terms of UFC and stuff to go over. Obviously, we got to hit UFC Vegas that happened last Saturday, UFC London going down this Saturday, and then Bellator 276. Maybe a little bit of news mixed in there as well. As always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. Excuse me, Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SoundOff at checkout. It's code SoundOff at checkout for 10% off your all your energy needs at RogueEnergy.com. Amazing sponsor of the show. If you listen to the show by now, you're very well aware of who they are, what they do. I'm going to go and get some from them. RogueEnergy.com. Code SoundOff. That's 10%. That's a huge, huge amount. And, uh, I mean, I'm a big, big fan of them. Help me a lot during my danger. I'm sure they help you a lot as well, you know? Dude, they come in clutch sometimes, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, they're very, very clutch. So you know what? We're not... talking about them, Josh. What's your, what's your current favorite right now? My current favorite flavor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they've added some. I don't know. Did you get the gummies? I don't know if you saw that. I have not gotten the gummies. I, I'm thinking about getting it. I don't, what, I don't, I don't know. What is your favorite flavor, Andrew? Right I, well, I, well, I, 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 I always rock my fruit punch, dude. I haven't finished it because you don't need to use a lot. Like, you can use a small amount and it gives you plenty of yeah, flavor. Yeah, they, they say it's 30 servings typically, 30 to 40 servings per thing, but like. Dude, I don't, I don't even use, use, I don't use the full scoop. Yeah, I don't need it. If not, it's a little too strong for me. Honestly, dude, I'm a big fan. I've, I've said this since the beginning. Great popsicle is fucking. Is it really that good? I might have. To I'm a big it. fan of it, dude. I, I'm a huge fan because it's like it tastes like great, but it's like kind of sweet, but it's not overly sweet. You know? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to try this, man. I don't know. You might you might need to. I still want to try that because they, they added in shakes. You know, I want to get one of that, that caramel vanilla latte. I'm gonna get that. I feel like that'd be nice if you like did it right with like a. Uh... Like, if you're trying to make it like a coffee in some capacity, you know? Well, I mean, you know me. I'm a coffee guy, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, guys. RogueEnergy.com. Got a lot of different stuff. They got merch. They got some packs. If you want to get, like, a starter kit or something. I think it's the best. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you guys got somebody special in your life, they have gift cards. So you can go ahead and get one as well. 10% off. Code sound off. That's all I'm saying. Amazing sponsor of the show. Anyways. Uh, last Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. I'm at UFC Vegas 50. We said going in that, uh, it's probably the greatest fight night card to ever take place in the Apex. And, you know, minus the main event, I'd actually say that it pretty much lived up to the hype. Uh, but as far as the main event goes, Magomed Ankalaya defeating Tiago Santos. I'd say the biggest test of his UFC career so far. I thought Tiago, I thought he rose to the occasion, dude. I actually thought that he had some great moments. Scored a knockdown in round two. Thought it made he, I thought he made it pretty damn close. In the end, though, Magomed Ankalaya getting you dance decision victory. 48, 47, 49, 46, 49, 46. First of all, I'll ask you, how'd you score the fight? And what'd you think about Magomed Ankalaev's performance? I don't have an official scorecard, but I did, I did have Magomed winning. I wish I would have mm-hmm. kept one now that you mentioned it. Cause there was some, uh, there were some decently close rounds in there. Because, uh, they were very, I wouldn't say hesitant, but very safe, right? You have to be safe at, at this level and especially at, from light heavyweight and on, right? It's like, dude, any, these shots are, you know, they rattle you, you know, and they, and they rattled Magomed. Uh, I feel like if anything, he was probably the most who was in most danger at, uh, during this fight. You know, I forgot what yeah. round it was, but there was a one specific round where he had to rally back because he was in danger. I'm pretty sure there's round three or four. I know we got dropped in two. You know, we got dropped near the end of round two, and if he got saved by the bell now, yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, and Sansa's got right on top of him, right? Like very quickly, like instantly. Yeah, I mean, if he if he got if he got knocked down with like ten seconds left, he means get knocked down with ten seconds left. Probably probably the end of the five. He got clipped hard behind the back, of, not back of it, but uh, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So honestly, dude, I actually scored a forty eight forty seven. Um, I actually thought it was a very very close fight. Um, I think, you know, honestly, I it's kind of rare that I actually like say this because. Like, the striking numbers are super close, and everybody says, oh, you know, they're winning the fight based off of their pressure. That's, like, the last thing that's supposed to come in whenever, like, a fight's close. I actually think him moving forward, actually, I mean, that's literally the reason he won the fight. Because if you look at the scorecard, like, at the, the stats, and stats aren't everything, but, like, dude, they were they were right there in terms of striking numbers. Uh, I gave one to Ankoliev, two and three to Santos, and then round four and five to Ankoliev. He just looked good down the stretch. Um, you know... I've seen a lot of criticism about Ankaliyev being like boring, um, and a lot of stuff being said about him. I think he just fought the smart fight here. I think it worked out. Um, he was fighting a super dangerous guy, and you know it worked, man. And he's he's not directly in line because I feel like obviously Yuri's gonna fight Glover, and then Alexander Rocha is probably gonna fight the winner of that. But who do you, who do you think he fights next? I think Anthony Smith probably the probably a clear name. But is there anybody else that you think would be good for That's him? That's someone I saw. That's someone I saw, but. I don't know. I feel like they could do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they plan on doing with Anthony Smith. But Anthony Smith is in a position where he's in. Uh, he is in line to get another nice name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that'll be Santos. Obviously, Santos got a few losses. Dom Reyes is kind of out of the picture, so he's fighting up. So it's going to be Ankalaev, Rochich, or Emblahovich. Emblahovich is uh, wrapped up right now. He's fighting. Uh, actually, Emblahovich uh, is fighting Rochich, right? Uh, he was supposed to. They're actually supposed to fight next week at uh, UC Ohio, I think. But then he had to pull out. He has like some sort of neck injury. Don't yeah, know what's yeah. next. What's don't know what's going on with him. Maybe we get a Rochester Smith fight, didn't you know? That make a lot of sense. Unless they want to do Rochester on Kaliev, but Kaliev just fought. But they, I feel like Smith and Rochester is actually a more likely fight to happen because you know Anthony Smith's out of fight. You know, I'm sure he's like ready to go. And he kind of wants an opponent. If that's available. Take your opportunities as they are, man. Because mm-hmm. they could do Magomed on Goliath versus John Blahovich when he comes back. Ooh, that'd be good. And that would make it a number one contender. And then that way, if Blahovich wins, he could get a rematch pretty quick, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of options right now. Because why have we in a weird spot? Obviously, the title... title I'd say, say from five up, there's a lot of options. Like, there's a lot of matchups. From six all the way down, I feel like there's guys who are trying to make their way up. And there's guys who are in weird spots who need to get wins. Like, the only clear guy who's going to come up right now, I think underneath five, is probably Jamal Hill at this point. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's in a, it's, they're in a weird spot right now, like, heavyweight, just because there's kind of, like, there's kind of, and it's through nobody's real fault, honestly. There's, like, a little bit of backup, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like on, under normal, normal circumstances, Ankh Alive, he could get a title shot with his current winning streak. Same mm-hmm. thing for Rochich. But obviously, Yuri's going to get the title shot. So there's two guys potentially already in waiting. And it's through nobody's real fall, like, but... It's the highest level, man. What do you expect? Yeah, it got super backed up super quickly. But, it, but it's weird at the bottom, dude, because at the bottom, usually we have those guys on win streaks, but if you look at it, a lot of guys Nobody. below is on has lost. Santos, a few losses. Reyes, a few losses. Did Vulcan win his last fight or one of his last fights? Uh, Vulcan lost to uh, Uncle Ive last time out. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, and then he had the year he lost, too. So, yeah, losses there. Nikita Krylov, a loss as well. Jamal Hill is, like I said, going to win. Paul Craig, win loss. Yeah. Uh, and then Johnny Walker, obviously we know he's coming off. Ryan Spann just lost to Anthony Smith. Jimmy Crew, we just saw get uh, put out. And Murphy, Jacoby yeah. just got 
just uh just got raked. So like all you know, you see it's kind of like near it's it's weird. All those guys are usually on the come up, but right now they're kind of on the coming down. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a uh, kind of a weird place. It's kind of a weird place. Um, but regardless, it is it's still a fun fun division right now, and I think uh, Magomedov is a big part of that. I I like I said last time we like last time we spoke. I think I said. Uh, he's going to be champ within the next year or two. Sticking to that. I, I don't see anybody beating this kid. Um, I think he's just so defensively sound. And at times, can he be a bit safe? Yes. But, man, when he puts it on, he can put it on. You know what I mean? Like, he can really put on great performances. I don't know. I don't think last Saturday is probably his best night of the office. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward with him. Speaking of not a great night at the office, man, Marlon Rice. Man, um, I don't know what to say about this one, man. Uh, he I, gets uh, knocked out and saw, by Song Yudong in about two minutes. Took off his gloves in the cage afterwards. We don't know if he's going to retire. He ends up making a public statement. Obviously, since he got knocked out, he uh, couldn't speak on the mic, and he obviously has not made a public statement. But uh, I mean, what do you even say about this one? Go make spot. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's such a sad situation, dude. It's, it's just been it's just been a constant, constant fall. We say it every time, man, and. I I I I I brought up. I was like, I don't know if it's hesitation. I don't know if maybe it is damage. I don't know what it is, Josh. But uh, I don't know if he's gonna retire or not. And people, are, I, I listen to podcasts. They were like, oh, he's not gonna get cut yet. But I'm like, dude, dude. I, it's kind of like I know there's guys who are, you know, not as good as Marlon Marais in the UFC. And it's not like I'm saying those guys shouldn't be cut either, right? Yeah. But at least for some of them, you can make arguments for some of their fights, right? But for Marlon Rice, he's been clear as day. You know what I mean? Yeah, because here's the thing: it's like it's been it's been getting worse every single fight. Like you can argue that it, I, mean, I think most people probably see him as on a six fight losing streak. Like whether or not that's fair, because yes, he technically did beat Jose Aldo. I don't think two people. I mean, did, I don't think two people actually do actually count that one. The UFC doesn't even count that one. You know what I mean? Um, it was just a really bad decision. Um, got knocked, got knocked out by San Hagen relatively easily. Fought, knocked him out relatively easily. He did have moments against Marab, but even then, you know, so didn't awesome. look great. And then, uh, he got knocked out, obviously. And then he got knocked out by Song Dong in that one, you know, easy, easy. Not even, not even any competition, you know, it's just, I mean, I don't know what to really say about it. This, this is a fight that, like I said like, I said on Saturday on Twitter, I was like, obviously awesome for Song Yudong, but I, first of all, I don't think this win did anything for him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, we caught up the rankings a lot. He's number, he, he's number nine now. Oh, I didn't know that it moved him up that much. Yeah, he's tied with Pedro Munoz at nine. He, he got up there. He okay, passed, good for him. He, he passed uh, Ricky Simone and Sean O'Malley and Frankie Edgar. Okay, okay. In that case, good for him. Um, but... Yeah, man, it's just tough to watch him now, man. It is very, very – it's just tough to watch Marlon Marais. If this is truly the end, you know, congrats on an amazing career. Not Hall of Fame, but Hall of Very Good. You know, Hall, Hall of Very Fun. Yeah, Hall of Hall of Very Fun, Hall of Very Good, in my opinion. He was uh, in his prime. Obviously, he's 33 now, and we don't think of that as being that old. But at Bantamweight, it's, it's tough, man. It's very, very tough uh, to be – and also, he's had a lot of wars. He had a lot of wars back in the World Series of Fighting days. Even some of those, like, you know, UFC fights, some of those early ones. The John Dodson fight was really good. The Rafael Sunset fight was both very, very competitive. 
that Tejudo fight was a war. He's got a lot of miles on him, plus adding the age. I don't know, man. You know, props and to him a on weight cut too, right? Like, yeah, he was a big, he's big for that division too. Used to be a featherweight. Started off his career at featherweight. Actually, he started off five and four and one to start his career at featherweight. Cut down to bantamweight, and you know, wow. had a great career. So props to him. Obviously, Song Yudong, man. Uh, I don't really. I mean, like I said, I don't think this that, does. The hype train is still going though. The hype yeah, train it, for me going. personally, it didn't change my opinion of him, but that's just because I was so high on him to begin with. He's only 24 years old. He's Think only going to get better. It's scary. He's, and, he's only, and he's getting better every fight. Every he's, single fight, man. He has the best coach in his corner, too. He does. He's a tremendous coach. Working at Team Alpha, they, they kind of like, I mean, they've been working this kid for a long time, and you see it. Like, he's, he's getting better every single time he's out there, man. He's, he's like a fucking sponge. He's just absorbing all the information. And, like, in his early UFC career, he was winning fights, but he just couldn't knock out the top level guys. Now he's finishing them, and that's a huge step. Honestly, that's that's such a huge step. Um, oh, China well, has one, dude. China has one right here. They have a special yeah. one, another one. They really do. Um, so props to him. Huge, huge win. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, my man, what are some of the other performances that you kind of want to go? You want to highlight? Man, let me have it here. I went back one too many. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, Josh. I mean, we have to we have to credit him, right? Obviously, another win, another finish. Uh, got a little sketchy there on the way up when his opponent tried to stand up and he kicked him when he was on the ground. But uh, hey, man, Loved he ended it. up he still ended up getting it. It ended up working out. Uh, and obviously the 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 what he said afterwards. I mean, you got to love the guy, right? He's been through a lot and he's still giving us fun ass fights, man. And you know, maybe maybe he could put a little bit here together, right? He can put mm-hmm. he can start stringing them together. That's two finishes in a row. And fought in pretty decent time frame too. Maybe in. Uh, Hope he sneaks in maybe another two in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm a dude. Kalum Rountree, he's 32 now. I never truly expected him. To, I mean, there was a point in time back in like 2018 where I was like, you know what? Can he make a run for a title? Maybe. Where he had that like three, four, five unbeaten streak and he was knocking dudes out. I was like, you know what? Maybe he can make a run for the title. Maybe make a run for the top ten. And like, it's been sketchy since then. But dude, his last performances have been. Some of his best in the octagon. Obviously, I think his best one will always always be Eric Andrews, where like he scored the knockdown, like the knockdown record, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, like that Matadas Bukakis knock, not a knockout, but stoppage win, where he leg kicked him to death. You know, um, in this one, Carl Roberson's no punk, and uh, granted, he struggled lately, but still a pretty decent guy. Uh, and he just got dominated. I mean, that was an insane performance. I mean, the body kick, dude. Oh my god! I thought I was watching some pride style shit in there, dude. Like when he's laying in the kicks to the bottom, I loved it. Loved to see it. And obviously his his uh, his speech afterwards. I know that we talked about him like the in the green room, you know, about like his insane. Thrill. A lot of people don't know, man. Like, but he's talked about this about you know, Phil Rountree is, is what I, I think I just said it. He's thirty two, right? And you look at his career, he's like, oh, it's not that many fights. Well, he wasn't supposed to be an MMA guy. He was just a guy that like was an alcoholic. He was a smoker. And, uh, I don't remember, he, like, watched, um, his, I think he saw, like, his brother watching MMA, and he was, like, he joined just a team, decided to, to lose weight, and then he just found out that he's really fucking good at it, and, uh, that's his career, and he gave this really passionate speech, and it was just like, dude, Kalu Roundtree is a great story, if he can make a run for the title, that'd be dope, I think, like, right now, we're starting to see him hit his prime, where, like, he's always had the physical ability, but now he's adding in the technical ability, too, so, if he can keep his current... Momentum going, who knows, you know. Um, 
Yeah, man. Awesome performance. Awesome performance. But I honestly, dude, I think we just got to go one down. Drew Dober knocking out Terrence McKinney, dude. It was a banger of a first rounder, though, dude. Yeah, absolutely insane first round. Uh, I, dude, round of the year, right? Like, at this point, like, undisputed round of the year? Undisputed, yeah. I mean, Drew Dober, he's only been finished once in his career, and that was all the way back in 2011. So he's not a tough guy to knock out. Terrence McKinney nearly did it, dude. He knocked him down hard, and then he almost got the finish, but he just gassed out. Drew Dober came I back. Mean, I got you know something I got to say, too, though? I think he also made a mistake of letting him stand back up. Because he I had agree. him on the ground, and Terrence McKinney has an original, you know, wrestling background. Hey, man, stick to the Reverend Butter. You did it in your last fight. Why don't you do it in this fight? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that had he – I think he, like, knew that, you know, he's only coming in on short notice. And once he cracked him, he's like, oh, fuck, I got to do this now. I don't have the gas for probably 15 minutes of this. I mean, yeah. And he just – I saw a lot of people sense. shitting on him. I think I saw, like, uh, who was, I was it? Was I it? thought he did a good job, for sure. I think it was, might have been, it might have even been Brett Oka. I don't want, I don't want to, might have been Okamoto. I think he was like, he, uh, Terrence McKinney's got to learn that there's more than two minutes for a fight. And I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> the guy is coming in on super, super short notice. Like, he's got a fucking, he, he does, he, he cracked him. Like, no shit. He's going to try and get a finish. Like, what a stupid thing to say. He tried um, fucking hard, dude. He tried fucking hard, too. Yeah, and I don't blame him. He he had him badly hurt. And when you come in on, like, what, 10 days notice? He just fought earlier this month or last month. I mean, what are you going to do, dude? Like, it's just that's what you have to do in that situation. So, yeah, I saw a lot of people shitting on him, and I, I did not like him whatsoever. Regardless, so nice win for Drew Dober. Um, opening up the main card was Alex Bahia, Bruno, Bruno Silva. You know, Alex Bahia has so much hype behind him. Hey man, he he stopped some takedowns though, Josh. You got to give him some credit. That no, was no, no, like, I'm not, I'm not, not about to shit on. But, but what I'm about to say is, it's like maybe this will be the win that shows people, like, yeah, he's still got a ways to go. You know, uh-huh. like he's not a complete product. Not every, he's not going to go out there and just knock people out like he's fucking Mike Tyson. Like he got a nice knockout last time. But yeah, you know what's crazy though? This fight impressed me though. Like it, I don't know, it gave me some hope. Do I think he's like? I mean, I like I. I I mean, I think if you throw him in there with Robert Whitaker, I think he gets starched. Like, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, obviously. But regardless, he showed some good, good, good attributes in there. He, he couldn't get the guy out, but he, but he did everything to try to close out the fight. It's not like he wasn't trying to; he was legitimately trying to do it. And on top of that, uh, he showed some good. T- he had some takedown defense, bro. He stopped a few of the takedowns. He stuffed him. He stayed on his feet. He actually mm-hmm. ended up near the ground. He touched the canvas, like, and he got back up. Like, I gotta give him hella credit for that, dude. That he didn't end up on his back or anything. Like, he didn't. Uh, he didn't end up in a situation like, uh, no disrespect, our boy Blood Diamond. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying this to like be like rag on his performance by any means. I'm just saying like, obviously he's, he still need, has a way to go, but I also was some, not impressed necessarily, but I was like happy to see the like, you know, some kickboxing guys come in and they struggle hardcore. Uh, not with like takedowns or not with that, this or that. They, obviously, a lot of it actually comes down to, like, a rounds. It's a huge change when you've been fighting three-minute rounds to go to five-minute rounds. And a lot of those guys gas out. Goku Saki, I think, is the one I think of. Obviously, he came in and looked phenomenal in his first fight, and he nearly lost because, like, the first three minutes he was battering the guy, and it's like, oh, shit, there's another two minutes of this round. But believe it or not, that's a huge, huge change. Obviously, you can, you can deal with that in training, but it's not until you actually get in the cage that you show, oh, yeah, I, I got that gas. 
looks, dude, Alex Mejia looked like a seasoned veteran in there. And uh, he, like I said, it's going to be tough for him to get the finishing ability. Everybody expects him to just go in there and starch these guys. That's not always going to happen. Bruno Silva's a really tough guy. And uh, you know what? It was a, it was a good performance. But also one that's going to bring him down to earth potentially. And one that's also going to bring other people down to earth. But we'll see what happens moving forward. I, I still do think that he's in that position where he needs to get, what, one win, two wins? Not one win, but two wins, I think. Title shot, probably. I don't know, man. I don't Depending know. on who he fights. I, I don't know who he's going to fight next. I don't know who they're going to throw at him. I'm assuming like a just about a ranked guy, if not like uh like outside of the 15 or something crazy. I don't know what they're gonna do. Mm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, as far as the undercard goes, um, you know, Damon Jacks picked up a nice win. Man, Guido Canetti. We were wrong about this one, man. Um, I mean, I didn't give any predictions, personally. Yeah, I mean, we didn't predict it, but it kind of looked like one where it's like, oh, yeah, Chris Mutino. It looked like they were trying to help him out a bit, giving him an older guy, you know. Giving him an older guy who hasn't won since 2018, you know. Guido Canetti got hands, though. He's got that old man strength, man. He went in there and knocked the shit out of Chris Mutino. That might be finished the night. Well, I don't know. Maybe the one before this was finished the night, the flying knee. Yeah, man. Um, it was it was rough. It was it was a rough one for him, man. Obviously, he didn't get knocked out, but he showed that incredible chin. But he got TKO'd again. So, um, yeah. Did, I mean, dude, I, this guy this guy's head is made of something, man, because he he was still up too. Like I, I don't know what Chris Martinez got in there, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's not. It was it was hard to watch, man. I really. It was hard to watch. Oh, really? I'm hoping for the best for him, dude. I really do hope Chris Bettina can turn things around. I, I would love to see it because I think it'd be a great story, and I thought he showed a lot of heart. Um, but you know, we're we're a ways away from that. I, I think he's got to improve a lot to, to even show that he's UFC caliber. Because mm-hmm. we Guido Canetti, I mean, he's a veteran. He's been around in the game, but he's a 42 year old bantamweight who hasn't won since 2018. Let's just call it what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But now he's only he's only once twenty twenty two now, Josh. So oh, she, excuse me. <laughs> um, regardless, you know, we'll we'll move on. I think the only uh, the last one that I personally want to discuss, Miranda Maverick picking up a nice win, showing that she's still great, still only twenty four years old. Got the bad taste of the Aaron Blanchfield loss out of her mouth. Prior to that, she obviously got robbed horrifically against Macy Barber. So yeah, it's good to see her back on the win column. Uh, is there any other fights from this last weekend you want to talk about before we move on? No, not, not specifically. I, we we covered all the ones I wanted to. Obviously, the opener, which was you know a crazy fucking finish. I mean, if you haven't watched that, go on Twitter, go on, go on whatever. Go on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Go go watch it, bro. That, that shit was sickening. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, yeah, man. As far as this weekend goes, first time that we're gonna have crowds at a fight night and. And it sold out. Two years? Roughly? Roughly two years? March 2020 was the last one, UFC 248? Man, I mean, we've obviously had crowds since then, but, well, actually, since it's the fight night, I mean, like, first fight night, it'd be the week before that. So, I think the last fight night with crowds was, like, um, Figueroa versus Benavidez won. Pretty sure. Um, if you want to fact check me, you can. But, yeah, it's been well over two years. So, now we're back. UFC London, my man. Um... Fucking insane card. Let's just go and put it what like it is. A lot of these guys are from Russia. We thought maybe there'd be some complications. 
I saw yesterday Volkov has landed. He's <laughs> landed in the UK. What about Ikita Krylov? Is he fine? Did he land too? I don't know. I just know Volkov's from, there. From Ukraine? I, I don't know. I just know that Volkov's there. We're good to go. I feel like we would have known by now. The only one that we know had the withdrawing, we don't know why. I mean, I don't know why. It just said it was for uh, other reasons. Was uh, uh, Ludovic. Ludovic Shalin, he, he withdrew. Who was on the Ultimate Fighter? Josh, we remember him. He was the one with really good wrestling. I think Olympic yeah. level was. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he, so. We missed yeah. out on him. Yeah, that sucks. Um, you know, as, as far as this card goes, though, regardless, this is uh, still an insane card, dude. I mean, top to bottom. Just absolutely insane names. But as far as the main event goes, man, huge, huge turning point fight. Uh, Tom Ospinall, man, you're talking about a kid, 28 years old. He's got the headlining spot in the UK. You know, he's a former Cage Warriors product, former Bama prospect, and he's just improved so much. Fight to fight to fight. He's looking better and better and better. And he now he's getting that, that big opportunity, that big crack at the number six in the world, Alexander Volkov. You know, he's, you know, three and one in his last four. I think that kind of um, 2020 was kind of the turning point for him. We decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go put on a lot of mass, I'm going to go and change my stuff around, and I'm going to move forward. And he showed off, showed that off, knocked out Walt Harris, knocked out Overeem. He lost to Cyril Gaon, but prior to that, prior to the Ngannou fight, he was the closest one to show anything against Cyril Gaon, so, you know, take take that for what it's worth. And then he came back to beat Marching Tabora and end Tabora's win streak. So, very big turning point um, for both these guys, obviously Volkov, I don't want to say needs a win to kind of remain in top contention, but I, I kind of does, right? Like, this would be a huge win for him to get himself in the title conversation. And mm-hmm. Tom Aspinall, he needs this one to break into the top five. Angel, do you think Tom Aspinall can get it done, get it done in the O2 and move into title contention? Josh, you already know who I'm picking, Josh. I'm picking Alexander Volkov, Josh. I'm picking Alexander Volkov, future UFC champ still. He still has time, Josh. He still has a chance, Josh. I think he can do it. Yeah, uh, Alexander Swolkov. Hey, man, he's been experimenting a lot with the weight. He's been changing it up. He, uh, uh, you know, we've seen him. Every time I see him, Josh, he's a little different. He's a little more cut, maybe a little bit bigger. Got a different you know, tattoo. Got a different tattoo. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's going through some breakups. I don't know. But regardless, man, <laughs> he's always in the works. He's always trying to do something, you know. And, yeah. uh, as a lately, I, I can like that. I can, exp- you know, I like the fact that he's trying to change it up. You know, he's trying to see what he can do. And, hey, man, he's a tough guy to finish. He's only, in, in, in the, the later half of his career, you know, he's only been finished, what, twice? Uh, one of them was, uh, I think Vitaly Minikov. And obviously, we know the last second knockout, well, not last second, but the late finish out of Derek Lewis in the third round on that, a uh, UFC 229, that legendary night in, uh, in uh, New York, wasn't it? Or was it, you know, it was Vegas. It was Vegas. Never mind. I thought it was New York. You know, thinking back to when Connor went to, to New York <laughs> to the press conference. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that legendary night in Vegas. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, I think Volkov's going to get it done, man. I think he's a hard matchup for anybody doing this division. He, he's just, his size, his experience, his, his tight, bit of, you know, his tight stand up. My issue is, Josh, and it's something that we've noticed more recently, is sometimes it seems like the output isn't fully there, but it makes sense for the guy who's so big and so tall, and the movements are just much slower, and getting there is a little takes a little bit longer. But, I mean, he's also fighting a big guy. I mean, Tom, Tom Aspinall is no small guy. He's 6'5", man. He's right up there with him, you know? Yeah. 
mean, he's not he's not six seven, but he's right up there. Yeah, he's a he's a big boy. Um, yeah, you know what, man? I really thought this is this is interesting matchmaking because I remember Tom Aspinall was talking about like, yeah, I'm not looking for this this super fast rise. I'm young. I haven't. I mean, people forget, like, before he got signed to the UFC, or not long before he got signed to the UFC, he took off, like, what, three, four years just to train? Um, obviously, just based off of the He started off five and two, and then he didn't fight for another three years, and then he just got signed really, really quickly. He's like, you know what, I'm still pretty young in my career, dude. Like, I'm not looking for this fast rise. And they're like, nah, fuck that, bro. Here's, like, this insane matchup, this six seven monster from Russia. He's one of the greatest records. Yeah, good luck, bro. Um, we'll put you in your hometown though. That'll be fun. Like, <laughs> dude's nickname is Drago, dude. Like, he's he's a bad motherfucker. And um, man, I think it was a rough matchup for him. I really, really do. I mean, Volkov has improved his wrestling a lot too, and especially in a five rounder. If this were a three rounder, I'd feel a lot more comfortable taking, picking Tom Aspinall. But dude, he's never gone more than two rounds in his career. He hasn't even made it to made it to a decision once. I'm taking Alexander Volkov. He's the more accomplished guy. He's the more seasoned veteran. He's been the five-round distance multiple and he, times. And he could get and there. Think, yeah, and I think that uh, in a five-rounder, I think it's going to be tough, dude. They really did not do this kid any favors. Um, but he might surprise us, Josh. We never know. Yeah, he might. I mean, what, what are the odds on this fight, honestly? Do you know? Uh, I, I can pull that up for you right now, Josh. It's near it's, even. One, minus 120 for Volkov. And plus 100 for Tom Aspinall. So Volkov is a super slight favorite. Yeah, the slightest okay. you can get. <laughs> yeah, so not surprising. Um, man, I feel like it's a rough matchup for him, but we'll see. Um, down at Featherweight, i got to be honest, I hate this fight. Um, this, is a, this is a weird one for Dan Hooker to come back to like instantly. Yeah, it makes no sense. Arnold Allen, um, damn I say, the, the hottest Featherweight prospect right now. I mean, one of them, man, one of them for sure. Ranked number seven and uh, seventeen and one, picking up some nice wins. Only just up and up and up, stocking very kind of like a, but a bit under the radar. I feel like a bit to say honestly, because I feel like for his win streak, for how good he is, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of attention. But regardless, he's maybe a win or two away from getting a title shot, legitimately. Um, and he's welcoming Dan Hooker back down to featherweight. If you guys remember Dan Hooker at featherweight, nothing to write home about. In fact, um, very middling guy. Um, moved up to lightweight back in 2017, and that's when he obviously went on that insane run where he became a title contender and so on and so forth. You know what, man? I, first of all, I don't like Dan Hooker going back down to lightweight at all, but I, I, I'll trust him in, in his move. But even if we're trusting him in his move, I don't think Arnold Allen is the right matchup to go back down for, right or wrong. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Most yeah. definitely. Um, I mean, as far as the fight goes, man, what, what do you think? Who do you got? Dude, I'm going to pick Arnold Allen, man. I mean, he's he's the established featherweight. Dan Hooker's gotten finished a few times. He's cutting down to 145, man. I mean, I think, Josh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Hooker gets finished in this fight. Yeah, I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, – yeah, if, if Arnold Allen had more finishing – I don't say finishing ability, but he has one finish in the USD in his entire tenure. Um I'd feel a lot more comfortable picking Allen via finish, but I am going to pick him via decision. I oh, yeah. just don't. If Dan Hooker were coming back and he were fighting, I don't even know, like. Sudik Yusuf. 
No, no, no. It's funny because we actually we we skipped right by him. If you're coming down to fighting Alex Caceres, or like somebody who's like on the verge of a top fifteen. See, but they, they you know the thing is though, Dan Hooker was like a middle pack guy, one fifty five. So they felt the necessity to give him a middle pack guy like Arnold Allen as well. Yeah, which is fair, I guess. But damn, man, I mean Arnold Allen's on a hell of a win streak. He's ranked number seven. I don't know, man. I just don't like the matchup coming. I suppose Arnold Allen took this fight too, because it's not a crazy like it's a good win for him on paper. But as far as the rankings at featherweight, it doesn't do anything for him for the featherweight class. That's what I also was thinking about. Um, like he's not gonna. I like would he really jump Josh Emmett? Like does he really deserve to Josh jump Josh Emmett if he wins it? Like no disrespect to to Josh Emmett or anything like that, but does he deserve it? He would, I, don't know. I think he might jump him, but only him. Like, he's not going to get a whole lot from this. Like, he's not going to pass Cater. No, yeah. not at all. I mean, in terms of rankings, this does little to nothing for him. He might stay the of, same. Does that ever happen? Does a guy ever stay the same after a fight? Yeah, it, it happens quite a bit. But, I mean, it might happen again. Yeah, I think it might. Because in terms of, like, it gives him the name. I understand why he took it. Because it gives him the name that he needs. Because I feel like he, he doesn't have a whole lot of um, buzz around him right now for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, so it gives him a name, right? And it gives him a high-profile spot. But in terms of, like, rankings-wise, it benefits him little to nothing at all. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of bizarre matchmaking from that attribute, but we both think he's going to get the job done. So, like I said, man, I, I like Dan Hooker a lot. I just don't like this matchup for him coming down after, I mean, what, something like six years away from Featherweight? It just, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me personally, but... Regardless, moving on, man. Um, I think we just kind of got to go one down. Obviously, we're not going to give picks for this. We only give picks for main and coma event, if this is your first time listening. Uh, but Patty, the Batty Fimblet, making his return. I'd say, fuck, dude. In terms of prospects, the most attention on him, I like mean, of any guy. What, what is it comparable to? There has to be something comparable to this. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those guys who he has a, a highlight reel, but it's different because of his character too but it's like he can fight as well because he has the wins and he mm-hmm. was a champion in cage warriors you know like uh i can't associate i mean there's nothing like it in any other sport right there really isn't but no he has this sort of hype he has this following he a lot of people know about him shit i knew about him early on when i was started watching the ufc like i had heard of his name but i didn't even i didn't really know a lot about him at the time like i did now you know or like i did like a a few years ago when we started the podcast when I found out more about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's interesting because he's a guy that had a lot of hype for years before he came in the UFC. And he was just like, I'm I'm going to go when I'm ready. Because they wanted to sign him back as far as, fuck man, I heard rumors back in 2016. Like, it, like that's just, like because he, he was making his name back then. But he was like, I'm not ready. I'm going to go when I'm ready, when I feel that I have the experience needed to continue and fight at the top level. And now he's now he's there. And uh, you know, he's coming off a knockout win over Luigi Vendramini, which is a little bit a little bit scary at, at one point. Um, and he's taking on another guy, you know, Rodrigo Vargas, who's by no means a top level guy. And I think they're kind of taking the slow build of them. Rodrigo Vargas, no offense to him obviously. He's but he's thirty six. He's one and two in the UFC. He is coming off a win over Rongju, you know, your boy Angel. Uh, yeah. He missed weight for that though. Rongju did, I'm pretty sure. Or no, he came in. At oh one. no, he made that one, but he missed his next two. Oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, hey, but, but if you look at the losses though, illegal knee by Brock Weaver though. So, or yeah, <laughs> his illegal then, knee. 
Yeah. My boy Alex is so much shout out. Always got to show some love. Yeah, so he's in a uh, – he's not exactly a top-level guy. This is obviously one that it feels like it's kind of tailor-made for Patty Pimblett to get a win. Makes sense. Still get um, something out of the office, though, I think. It might be. I mean, Luigi Vendramini was a guy who's supposed to run through and got nearly knocked out. But then again, Scouses can't get knocked out, Angel. I'm not sure if you've heard that. Yeah, I have. <laughs> you don't get knocked out. You don't get knocked out. You know, dude, I think – you know what's weird? There's a fight that I'm really – Super excited for it. It's gone under the radar. Gunnar Nelson. Yes, his return. For the first time since 2019. And I remember back whenever he he left uh, the UFC like, on like a three and one. Like he like his last four fights, excuse me. He's lost three of them. But like on paper, that looks terrible. But then you look at the names. Santiago Ponzinibbio. And I remember that fight being super controversial. Because he got eye poked like seven times in the final sequence. Pons is really looking to blind him in that one. I like Pons, but damn, dude, that was rough. Um, he beats Alex Oliveira when Alex is on a nice run. He split decision to Leon Edwards in a really, really close fight. Nearly finished him. And then, obviously, the Gilbert Burns fight. I remember Gilbert took that a short note. And was like, damn, dude, Gunnar really lost to Gilbert Burns? That was before Gilbert was the monster that he is today. So uh, he's finally back. Um, been a long time off. He's supposed to fight Claudio Silva. I thought that was like a really, really... I don't want to say easy matchup for him, but an easier one to come back to than Takashi Soto. Um, not to say that Takashi Soto is just like, you know, you know, some monster, but definitely going to be a tougher matchup, in my opinion. I'm I'm really happy for this one. Are you looking forward to Gunnar Nelson's return, my man? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, if you, like you said, where he, he only lost ever to the highest level, the highest level. Like, there's, we say that a lot for guys, but if you genuinely look at that and look at the state of the division now, Shit, dude. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. doesn't have a bad loss on his record in the sense of like who he's lost to. He's never lost to a guy who was under him. You know? Yeah, true. Um, very interesting guy, man. Very, very, very interesting guy. We'll have to just keep an eye on that one because I feel like I've seen nobody talking about that. At least, at least generally, I feel like I have a pretty good, you know, eye on the buzz of whenever like a certain fire's coming up. You know. And I feel like Gunnar Nelson's getting no buzz, dude, like none whatsoever. And I get it because, you know, at one point he was a big prospect and he hasn't really lived up to the height that he had, but still a very, very good guy. Um, dude, this is how deep this card is. Jai Herbert versus Ilya Tapuria is opening up to the card. This is a weird one for me, though, for Tapuria, though. I thought he'd be fighting a ranked guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was there an opponent change here? Let me double check. No, it, it was a point of change for Jai Herbert, actually. Yeah, it's where you're just like, fuck it, I want to get in there. He was supposed to fight Mike Davis. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. So Tapuria's going to come in at 155, which... Yeah, because he was supposed to fight... Uh, Tapuria was supposed to fight uh, Musavar Ilyev earlier this year. He right. pulled out of the fight, and then uh, Tapuria had to pull out. So he's just looking to get in there. Yeah, he's trying so to get in. kind of a stay-busy one, you know what I mean? This is a hard one, though, dude. You, we, I remember I mentioned this to you before, but then I, I saw our boy Jai Herbert 6-1, and I was like, damn. Oh, yeah. That, Jai Herbert's a bad man. I mean, his that, losses in the UFC are Trinaldo and Moicano, and that's it. Yeah. Tough dudes, and we just saw Moicano do what he did. Uh, Tough-ass dude. And he submitted him, too. I mean, dude, I mean, that's a tough one for Elite Sport at 155, dude. I mean, he, he might get it done. He might not. I, I don't know. It'd still be hot at 145 regardless, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the good thing for him is taking this. Is obviously if he wins this, huge win at lightweight keeps the buzz going. You know, um, 
if he loses, shit, he's still at featherweight and uh, mm-hmm. still one of the top guys at that division, still a top prospect. If he loses the lightweight, doesn't really do a whole lot for him. But if he gets the win, it's, it's honestly a nice win-win for him. Um, yeah, man, very deep card. As far as some of like the what's, as far as like the prelims go, what are some of the fights you're looking forward to? I mean, Josh, he can keep going down, one down, one down, one down, one down. Like this is how stacked this card is. Fuck it, let's just go one down then. <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike Grundy, who interesting prospect. He's coming off of. I mean, at one point he was an interesting prospect. I guess I should say. I feel like he's kind of lost that status his last couple fights, but he's lost two in a row. He's taking on Makwan Amirakani. Damn near make or break for both these guys, honestly. I mean, Mike Grundy was a guy that came with a lot of hype. Uh, now he's 35. Obviously, he was a former like former Olympian, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But he was a for- super accomplished amateur wrestler regardless. Uh, I don't remember if he was Olympics, but regardless. Um, super accomplished guy. He's lost two in a row. You know, he's taking on Makwan Mirakani, who, like I said, I mean, three in a row. And four of his last five, like, it's been a rough time for Makwan Amerikani, and none of those fights were particularly close either. So, very make or break for both those guys. Shamil Abdur, this is one I'm really looking forward to, Shamil Abdurahimov taking on Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey Pavlovich, still only 29. I'm still super hyped on this guy. He's been fought in an eternity, man. I know, and uh, he came in pretty young, too. He came in for that fight in 2018 against Overeem, whenever Overeem was, like, on a really bad losing streak. And it kind of looks like, oh, yeah, Sergio Pavlovich is going to run through this man. Nah, Reem showed that he's still really, really fucking good. Um, since then, he scored two knockout wins to Marcelo Gomes, Mar- Maurice Green. Neither one of those guys are in the UFC anymore, but still, two nice wins. Um, he's taking on Shamel Durahimov. We have not seen him since September 2021. He got knocked up at Chris Dawkins like four times. <laughs> Do you remember that fight, Angel? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it's been a while now, man. <laughs> that was UC 266. It's the one where he he got finished like four times. He got like his eyes rolled back like four times in the final sequence. I remember it being devastating. I don't remember yeah. it off the top of my head, though. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, man, very big fight for both those guys. Um, glad to see it's happening. And then another big one, Paul Craig, dude. He's coming back to on the kid of Krylov. Paul Craig, on the best run of his career, he said that he's going to retire by the time he's 35. Fuck, dude, you better hurry because he's 34, and it, it's almost devastating, dude, because he's on the best win streak of his career. He five-fight unbeaten streak. His last time out was a huge win over Jamal Hill. Before that, he knocked out Shogun Hu in a fight that made me want to cry. Um, <laughs> and he's taking on Nikita Krylov, and Krylov, you know, never. Man, really- but, he, but if he's saying this, though, Josh, I mean, if he gets this win here, I mean, can't, does he really retire at 35, though? I don't know, man. Some guys, everybody says they have a date. But no, I don't think anybody actually sticks to the date. I remember for a long time, Daniel Cormier is just an example. He's like, oh, yeah, by the time I'm 40, I'm done. And then he fought until he was like 42. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has a date, and they never stick to it. Exactly. See, because now he, he's strong a couple nights But he wins. could be the one. And Jamal Hill is there. You know, like, Jamal Hill is one of his wins. And it's like, dude, if he wins, he's right above Jamal Hill in the rankings. So he gets a guy like, a, you know, like a good – like a good ranked guy after then he gets himself in title contention as well. True, true. Um I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. If he picks up the win here, he really doesn't have to think about it. That's gonna be an interesting I don't think I think he had that stance whenever he was nowhere close to title contention. He was just kind of like a fun guy. And now he's getting there. And I think he probably wins this one, honestly. He might, um, dude. He might. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um 
Dan, I guess we really just do have to move one down. Uh, Jack Shore. Yeah. This is a banger, dude. One of the hottest um, prospects at 135 in Jack Shore. And Timor Valiev, another amazing prospect. Another one. Like, this is a huge prospect fight. And neither one, correct me if I'm wrong, neither one of these guys are ranked, right? No, which is crazy to think. That just shows how stacked 135 is. Exactly. 135 might be the deepest division in the UFC at the moment, man. Um, Dude, 125 is a sleeper, too. There's some guys there who haven't fought in a while who are down there who, who deserve their chance, too. True, true. Um, yeah, man, I love this fight. Jack Shore's still undefeated. Timur Valiev, I believe, 16-2. and two, And he's had a couple of nice wins in a row, at least in the UFC, I mean. Um, huge, huge fight. And this one's stacked way on the prelims. This is how you know this shit is a really, really good card, man. This is stacked all the way on, like, this very might well be, on the prelims. might be the best fight end of the year, Josh. Like, I feel like it's going to be too hard to beat this. Like, I think, it, actually, no, I think it's impossible to beat. I'll say it now. Fuck it. Oh, damn, you're putting it out there. Yeah, but, dude, Josh, I, do you think they could top this off? Probably not. They need to top me off, Josh. I don't think they could top me <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, man, I don't think that I'm missing. I mean, what is there any of the fights you want to go over? Uh, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta shout out uh, one of my favorite prospects, man, Mohammed Mukayev, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. England's very own dude. One of the, I mean, when we're talking about amateur MMA, man, undefeated, twenty-two straight fights. Oh. Five undefeated professionally. I mean, this kid is. I mean, he's a beast, dude. He is a beast. He's only 21 years old. He just signed with the UFC. I mean, he's our age, Josh. And I mean, Christ, he's that next generation guy, you know? Yeah, he's that next generation guy. He came. He came in through the uh, the. I can't think of what it's called, but like the uh, international MMA, you know, junior world champion, whatever they call it. You know, what I'm talking about that thing. Yeah. The junior MMA thing that they have in, in Europe. He came in through that, uh, started back in 2015, stuck with it, stuck with it, and I mean, he's now here in the UFC, dude, 5 and 0. Um, it's time for the big shots, his big leagues, the toughest fights of his career. See what he can do. Keep the streak going. Mm-hmm. I don't he's got know, a tough man. guy, though. He's, got he's taking Cody on Durden. the GOAT, Cody Durden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a tough kid. Joke aside, Cody Durden is, he's pretty solid, man. Pretty solid. He's a tough guy for anybody. Yeah, only loss in the UFC was like that insane Jimmy Flick uh, submission, I believe. Yeah, he just signed too in 2020 with them. They came in on a he fought Chris Gutierrez. Ooh. He took him to he took him to a draw, which Chris, Chris Gutierrez is like a forgotten guy right now at bantamweight. Josh, like you don't really think about Chris Gutierrez, but he's on a nice little run right now. Like if you go look at it, I don't know if you can look at it now, but. Let me go ahead and see. He's, he's got he's got the wins, man. He's got the wins, and he's not even ranked. No one sees it, but he's there, and he's got a fight coming up too. Oh damn, he's yeah. That's a nice low key fucking win streak, dude. Yeah, thirty thirty year old Christopher Gutierrez, man. I mean, he's uh, he's on it, man. Nice, I, mean, he, man. I didn't realize that he fought Valley of twice. He did. Wow, they rematched right after they fought. Yeah, nice, man. I didn't realize he was on such a nice win streak. Shout out Chris Gutierrez, dude. Very, very under the radar. Wow. That's back in the day. World Series of Fighting. Who were some of, I feel like there's like sometimes like he's one of those guys like you don't think about it, but damn, dude, he's on such a nice win streak. I saw it a few days ago. I don't know, or a few, might have been long, it might have been like last year, dude. I saw it and I was like, that's a nice little, that's a nice little streak there for Chris Gutierrez. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. I, I didn't even know that. What is that? Like a six fight unbeaten streak? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, nice man, nice. Shout out Chris Gutierrez. Yeah, man, this is a deep card. I, I honestly don't know what's gonna beat it. Um, 
Not not Very a fight night. Only a pay per view, dude. But even probably, then, I feel probably. like I feel like even this is hard to beat. I feel like I told you, I think this could have been a pay per view itself. I mean, they could have they would have had to add something else in the main card, you know. But uh, in and of itself, like this could have been a pay per view. You know what I mean? True, true. It's definitely deep enough. It's it's by far the best London card in years. Like, I, I mean, that doesn't mean a lot because there hasn't been one in like three years, but. Of the last few London cards, it's by far the best. I can't remember, like, one on paper that was this good. Maybe, like, even UFC 204, which I think was the last pay-per-view in London, wasn't even close to this. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know. That that card looks pretty good, too, now that I'm looking at it. UFC 204? Yeah. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Oh, it's it's aged a lot better, though. Yeah. Oh, at the why at the time it was pretty bad. At the time it was pretty meh. Like the top two, top two, top three were pretty good, but even then it was like Mike Perry was on this card. Holy fuck! Mike Perry was Leon Edwards. Both of those guys were pretty. Un- I almost say Mike Perry was unknown, but he wasn't a huge name at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Leon Arnold Santos was a, wasn't a big deal. Same thing for Marcus Casey. It was a lot of like good-ish guys, but it's aged a lot better actually. The body of Vitor Belfort was there. Yeah, that was a dope card though. Like, the main card, I mean. But top to bottom, you know. Uh, I know you, man. Yeah, but as far as uh, the rest of, like, MMA goes, there was also... There's no Bellator this week to kind of, like, go over in terms of preview. Next Bellator card is obviously going to be the one in uh, in April, which is insane with AJ McKee, Patricio, and Vadim Nemkov, Corey Anderson. Uh, but as far as fights to go over, man, Bellator 276... From the family arena in St. Louis, Missouri, last Saturday night, which because it was on Saturday, I don't think nearly as many people watched it, but this main event was a banger. Adam Borsch defeating Madge Brunel. You named the decision. We were wrong on this one, Angel, but 49-46, 50-45, 49-46. I thought the cards were a lot. I thought the fight was a lot closer than what the cards said. Uh, but regardless, Adam Borsch getting a nice win, would you think? Look, I only saw the highlights on Twitter, sadly. It was an MMA-packed week, Josh. I mean, I saw Eagle FC. I saw 1FC highlights. I saw Bella Twilight, so I obviously caught the whole UFC card. But from what I saw, it looked like Adam Borch was extremely successful on the feet. It looked like they were did – did the fight even hit the ground, Josh? I didn't see any highlights of the fight hitting the ground. Uh, no, I don't honestly remember it that well, but I believe only once, once or twice. Yeah. But for the most part, it was a stand-up fight. We kind of knew going in that if it was going to be a stand-up fight, that's Adam Borch all day. Yeah, and it, and it was, dude. I mean, he's – for 145 men, I mean, he's a dangerous guy. 18 and 1 man, and Matt Renault, we saw him in the UFC, we thought he was a dumb cut. I mean, he's still a good guy. I mean, he could still be in the UFC now. But man, that, look, that just goes to show Adam Borch's level, dude. I mean, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Adam Borch is a guy, I, obviously, I don't remember, I, but I'm pretty sure this is set up, he's gonna fight the winner. Like, he's gonna fight for the title next, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, still only 20 years old, man, 28, so. Looking forward to seeing him next, his return. As far as like the co-main event, this entire main card was weird. It was a, it was the, it was all decisions. In case you guys didn't watch it, uh, co-main event: Phil Davis defeating Julius and Julius. Man, I you know I like Phil Davis a lot. I mean, this is a nice solid win for him. I was honestly disappointed with Julius Anglicus. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm always suspect of a guy that looks good in defeat, but he did look good against Vadim Nemkov. Um, took that one on short notice too, and. Dude, he got dominated in this one. Um, as far as Phil Davis goes, man, just another another day at the office, another nice feather in the cap. When you think about him moving forward a lot heavyweight. He's in a good spot, man, but it's just like 
I mean, he's, he's fought for the title technically, and it's just like mm-hmm. he can get back to it, obviously, with the way Balasquor is and the whole design. But man, yeah, I mean, he'll get back to it, right? I think there's there's no way he doesn't get another shot at it, but he's it's gonna be a heck of a time. I and mean, he's getting older, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's obviously not helping him, but he doesn't seem to be slowing down too much. So there's still a possibility that he could have a you know championship wrapped around his waist, some gold wrapped around him. Yeah, I also think that he's really got to be hoping and praying that Corey Anderson beats Vadim Nemkov next month. Which I think is it impossible? Yeah. No, no, I actually I don't want to say it's likely, but I think it's very, very possible. I'll probably pick Vadim Nemkov because I don't want to spoil my pick, but you know I think Nemkov can win that one, probably the favorite for sure. But it's not going to be easy by any means. By oh, any for either means. guy, for either guy, for sure, for sure. Uh, very, very good fight next month. But, yeah, dude, for Phil Davis, you got to be hoping and praying. I mean, as far as Russell Carbon goes, my man, what are is there anything else you want to talk about from that one? Not specifically, man. Like I told you, I sadly ended up missing out on it, but I did see my boy Alex Pelosi caught a win and got a nice little submission. Dude, that was a banger of a fight, too. I'd recommend you go back and watch that one. I have to, man. Uh, he had that loss against the Galicus back in 2020. Dang, he's not that much. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> an act. Wow, okay. This man is super active. He's that's where he's been keeping this man active. He said, "I'm getting back to my title. I'm getting to that title shot." Mm-hmm. I think that Anklik is rematch at least. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, that was a hell of a fight. So full props to him. I, I talked about him last week, but continue the winning streak. Cody Law, man, just dominating, knocking out James Adcock in like a minute. This kid, just keep an eye on him, man. 26 years old, just keep an eye on him. Within the next year or two, got to be hitting that rankings. So keep an eye on Cody Law, man. Um, yeah, very much a low-key card. You can kind of tell this is one of those belter cards where it was like, you know what, they put it out there. I love the fact that it was a five-round main event. Obviously, I love that they finally made that change. But you can tell, you know, they have these cards where it's kind of like the prospect card, and they'll do some cards where they fucking load up on Bellator. Like, they'll just load up, like, Bellator 277, which, like I said it earlier, McKee, Patricio, Pitbull 2, Nemkov, Anderson, Pico, Kennedy, and Tim Johnson, Linton Vassell. And even down the undercard, dude. Tyrell Fortune's back. Kyle Crutchmer's back. Insane card. Insane card. So looking forward to that one. Angel, my man, I believe that's all there is really talking for Bellator. Is there any other MMA news or anything else you want to hit before we close out? We gotta talk about uh, Eagle FC, Josh. I know you caught some oh of that. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I can't believe we forgot. We obviously didn't preview it. I think we just forgot. Um, I think we did, but I was interested in it. I just didn't mention it at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, damn, Eagle FC. I mean, if you're a Kevin Lee fan, not the best performance. <laughs> um, I'm still a Kevin Lee fan. I still like the guy, but. I feel like this is kind of a night where it was it was Diego Sanchez's night, man. I feel like he's a guy that he's at that stage in his career where I think most people are just happy to see him alive and in good spirits because obviously he's a guy that's been through some shit. He's 40 now. Obviously, he had that terrible situation with Joshua Fabio, which obviously we, everybody makes jokes about it, but he was legitimately in a cult. Like, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. You think like, so? Yeah, I mean, he's talked about it. He talked about it. It was like, he wasn't in control of his life at all. Like, he he didn't control okay. anything. Damn, that's scary. He couldn't have an interview without Joshua Fabia being there. And it's one thing, because it's like he's talked to him before, like, he cut out a lot of people out of his life, because that's what he... And Diego is a guy, I mean... But you know what, Josh? He, his yeah. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, saved him. He said it himself. 
I'm not a religious man if he wants, you know, whatever. Um, no, hey man, I'm just saying what Diego said. Nothing yeah, else. I know, I know. It is genuinely tough to walk out of a cult, though. It's it's a very tough thing. And, he, and, and, um, and God helped him, Josh. God helped him for sure. Um, God I can help you, Josh. I feel like you're trying to get me to say something, and I'm not gonna say anything, Angel. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'm too I'm too happy for Diego, the nightmare. I'm you know? your nightmare, Josh. <laughs> I still think that's the funny. Like, I mean, who's I'm next, Josh? FPS Rush is next. <laughs> oh, dude, we completely forgot about that. He's still signed to BKFC, yeah. right? Yeah, right. He he did not sign. I actually, I, I got the I got the scoop on this one, Angel. Uh, apparently, he was offered more money for BKFC, but he signed to Eagle FC because he wanted his MMA career to well, end on a better note. I guess he did say he's going to fight out his contract, which is two more fights. Two more fights, and he said he wants to get that belt, that one sixty five pound belt. Two fights. I don't know why this one wasn't for the title. I mean, honestly, I get like Habib like wants to like. Well, they have they, other. They had another guy. They had another one sixty five fight on on this card. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And, and a, uh, a, a yeah. 160 bout as well. Yeah, so, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, dude, I, in terms of the actual fight, dude, <clears throat> this was Diego Sanchez's kind of night. Because I feel like as much as it's fun to make fun of Kevin Lee, I feel like everybody's just kind of happy for him. Like, Diego's in great spirits, and he looked good, dude. Obviously, he lost 30-27 on the card. That was a competitive 30-27. He was a huge underdog. Everybody expected him to get fucked up. And you know what? He did some fucking up. Like, he did some fucking up of Kevin Lee. Um, he hurt his legs really bad. He landed some nice leg kicks. He rocked him in round two. It was a really, really fun fight, dude. It was a fun fight. They both ended up being, like, relatively healthy. Both got out of there unscathed, especially Diego. He still got some more left in the tank. You know, as far as, I feel like the way his UC career ended where he looked terrible with Joshua Fabia, it made people kind of forget, like, how good, like, he was before he went to Joshua Fabia, where he put together a nice win streak. He beat the shit out of Mickey Gall. He beat Craig White, who at the time, at the time was a pretty nice prospect. And, uh, you know, and then he decided to go to Joshua Fabia, and his whole career fell apart. Um, now he's back training with an actual team, and he said, like, yeah, it's a team that he constructed himself. He only has, like, three or four, three or four guys, three or four coaches, training partners. And uh, it worked out for him, dude. He looked in good shape. He, he, he uh, went the full distance. Moving forward, both of these guys, man, I mean, and obviously this is the second real Eagle FC event. What are your thoughts on the event as a whole? And what do you think is next for both these guys in general? I mean, what do you, foreseeing their future, what do you think? I mean, I'm sure they're going to push – I'm sure Habib's going to push Kevin Lee as hard as he can, give him the best uh, possible matchups, toughest matchups he can at 165. Uh in this promotion, and Diego, I'm not sure what they're gonna do, Diego, but I'm sure they'll give him some guy that we probably never heard of who has some good potential and can give him a good run for his money. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, man. Overall, a fun Eagle FC card. I feel like some people, I almost is it just me or I feel like some, I mean it could be I'm just more in touch with like the MMA like Twitter side of things and like that whole community, but you know what it is, Josh? Huh? You know what it is? What? You have a heart. That's true, you have a heart. But I feel like a lot of people are rooting for Eagle SC to, to kind of, like, fail. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are saying that. Like, they, they blasted Diego signing. People are mad that they signed JDS. Like, they're like, oh, my God, they're only signing old guys. It's like, bro. They- JDS is going to fight fucking Jordan DeCastro, dude. I, do people not, like, know who's going to, you know what I mean? Like, no- That's actually a really good fight. 
it is a really good fight. I don't disrespect Jorgen Castro, but Jorgen Castro is like not much taller than what you, you probably think, Josh. How much to Angel? I could beat Jorgen Castro. Uh, no, you fucked me up. But like, as far as you could try, I could try. Yeah, I mean, people. I saw Habib talk about this. He got asked a question like, "What do you think about like people like criticizing because you're only signing these old veterans?" And be like, "Dude, we hold events in Russia like every month. There are tons of guys that you've never heard of." Just because we have some older veterans doesn't mean we don't have a lot of guys that you guys don't even know about. And he nice. made a really, really good point. I mean, that the guy in the co-main event, like the heavyweight who choked out Anthony Hamilton, I saw everybody blasting like, oh, my God, why is Anthony Hamilton in there? Why is he even fighting for a title? It's like, dude, the guy that he's facing is a, like, 12-1 Dagestani 29-year-old who's, like, on an insane win streak. And your takeaway is that, oh, damn, like, Anthony Hamilton looked bad. Like, dude, no, this other kid is a really, really good prospect. Like, this is how MMA works. Like, are you guys new to this? Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are rooting for you. I think, I, think I think their whole issue with that, though, it was, like, for a title. Like, that was their title fight. You know what I mean? That's true. Although, I'm pro- I, I mean, was Anthony Hamilton, like, a late replacement or something? I have. Uh, that could make sense. Like, I'm not saying he was or wasn't. Oh, it doesn't yeah. look like it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to do some quick. Nope, nope. Anthony Hamilton was just set to fight. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, shit. Never mind, then. Um, By the way, he had fought his, an Eagle FC before this, too. He fought in last year, and he also lost. First okay. Round. Fair enough. Um, you know who's an interesting signing that I kind of want to get your take on? Because I don't think we've talked about this on the show. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Erwin Rivera being... I need the whole backstory. I try to do my own research. Give me a quick little breakdown quickly, and I'll, I'll give okay. you Okay, Erwin Rivera signed to the UFC. Uh, he was a former Titan FC bandwagon champion. He came in, lost to Giga. He won a fight, then he had a split decision with Andre Ewell. After that split decision with Andre Ewell, a couple months later, uh, he was arrested on two counts of attempted murder. He saw he stabbed his two sisters, um, and then it came out that rather than actually going to jail, he was actually um, found not guilty by reason of its sin. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which he was unaware that he had, and he was having a psychotic episode at the time of the stabbings. He spent a year in a mental health facility, and he was released. I mean, at least and now you go see he's fighting for them. I mean, it sounds like you got the proper help, but I mean, shit, Josh, guys like uh, no offense, Greg Hardy have been signed to the UFC, so there's, I mean, dude, I, there's also a huge difference between Greg Hardy and Urban Rivera, man. Like, oh, no, you're not wrong. Greg Hardy, obviously, terrible situations. I hate to compare terrible situations, but one was like he beat up his girlfriend. The other one was like this dude stabbed two people. I mean, you also got to think about, like, everything, Joe, Josh, all sports, too, dude. Like, the yeah. kind of people who've stuck around. It's like, is it really a surprise? I just hope that he's getting the proper help. That's all I hope. I, I mean, I'm, I'm it not... Sounded like he, it sounded like he was getting the proper help. But also, like, should, like, this guy really be competing if he's, like... That's that's another great question. Having psychotic episodes. I, I don't know. I mean, shit, we have Sean Strickland, so... <laughs> that, exactly. That's, so, that's another good point, like... There's a lot of good points here. It goes both ways. Um, you know, I don't know, man. It was a fun card, though. It was definitely a, uh, a fun card. Um, as far as, like, I'm, gonna, I'm pretty sure that's all we have to really talk about this week. Um, is there anything else I missed, my man? Uh, nothing specific, man. I think we got it all down pretty good. Sounds good. Sounds good. As far as this episode, guys, hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter at AngelOrtega underscore one for all things related to Angel Ortega. Uh, if you guys want to keep up with the show at Courtside Sound, 
Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>